time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. The picture of an aging man who leads his life, as Thoreau said, in quiet desperation. Because Harmon Gordon is enslaved by a love affair with a wife 40 years his junior. Because of this, he runs when he should walk. He surrenders when simple pride dictates a stand. He pines away for the lost morning of his life when he should be enjoying the evening. In short, Mr. Harmon Gordon seeks a fountain of youth. And who's to say he won't find it? This happens to be the Twilight Zone. Episode number 131 of The Twilight Zone was a short drink from a certain fountain. And uh, Sean, uh, first of all, we, we should acknowledge that uh, after after this, we're, we're 25 away from the impending doom of the bewitching pool. It's like our reverse silver anniversary. A little bit, yeah. From Rocky and Bullwinkle or whatever we're going to experience in that last episode. Oh, jeez! Uh, so, uh, you know, A Short Drink from a Certain Fountain is an episode that I, like, I I, I definitely had heard of it. Uh, I definitely, like, had heard it referenced by people. I don't know if I had seen this one before sitting down to watch it this time god you said that i am so thank i when when i first turned it on i was like i'm sure i've seen this before but i don't remember second one from the episode i don't remember any actors the story the story is pretty basic but like so it seems like you've seen it before but yeah um i did not the story is by a gentleman named lou holtz who is not the former notre dame slash uh south carolina football coach are we sure (laughs) <laughs> I if Wikipedia is telling me the truth, then I am sure. Uh, because I, I'm actually collecting uh, sci-fi stories for another project that I, I'm working on, which hopefully I'll be able to announce before uh, before we hit the oh my. pool. Love um, it. And uh, um, I, I was scanning through it and I saw the uh, uh, the uh, you know the the authors and I I saw this one guy and it jumped out at me and I'm like, isn't that the guy who wrote the the short story novella thing that the movie for love of the game is, 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 you know, Oh yeah. Based on. And sure enough, it was, but I, <laughs> like, I, I didn't think it could be the guy because I'm like, well, nothing, nothing else he wrote is even remotely sci-fi ish. Like it's all, it's all like, e- even for love of the game was weird because everything else he did was like historical stuff. And that, so I'm like, know, well, it couldn't be, couldn't be the same guy and and sure enough it was so you you just never know it's well it's really funny because i was actually talking to a a friend earlier today about how weird it is that william friedkin director Mm -hmm. of the exorcist also directed the french connection blue chips with shaquille o'neal uh to live and die in la um rules of engagement with tommy lee jones jade that weird like erotic thriller in the mid 90s when like sliver was popular like people can do some eclectic stuff and it never ceases to amaze me that's true um and, and i mean is that really that that different you know when you think about the fact that i i don't know that spielberg had anything between jaws and um 
uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Those are two very different movies. They're very different movies, but yeah, I I just I don't know. I uh, I can still kind of find a link, and maybe it's just because I was you know a well, kid, or I, I was a kid when I heard of both of them at the same time. I, I have the compendium, compendium, compendium. See, it's easy for me to say of uh, <laughs> of all of all human knowledge here in front of me. So I, I should actually check and see if, <laughs> if he did anything between Jaws and, uh, and I am uh, just amazed that the director of the exorcist directed Nick Nolte, Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway, <laughs> Larry Bird in 1994's masterpiece, blue chips about basketball recruiting. I love that movie. I might watch it tonight. Okay. So now, now that I've actually gone down this rabbit hole, four consecutive movies from uh, Steven Spielberg. Okay. I bet there are four different genres. Jaws. Uh -huh. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Very different movies. 1941. <laughs> and, and the next one after 1941 was Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Four very different movies. It's almost and, like and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and then you start to get into you know like ET and in you know Temple of Doom and, and and things like that. So you know like yeah, I mean those are four very very different movies. <laughs> he directed the <laughs> wait did did he he directed a uh, did he direct a segment of the Twilight Zone movie? Uh I mean he he kind of like organized the whole thing, but I I forget if he actually did any of the any any he... of the four. <laughs> If he went from producing the Twilight Zone movie to like Forrest Gump, <laughs> even though that was well, no. Zemeckis, that was Zemeckis. Yeah. My bad. Uh, yeah, that that was Zemeckis, and I think Zemeckis might have done one of the the Twilight Zone things. Like I, I know Landis did, Maybe that's and that's why <laughs> that that's why Spielberg and Landis don't speak to each other anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, you know that that was uh, there. There was an incident in the in that one. Well, Landis's son isn't so cool of a dude either, so I'm on Team oh, Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I have to choose between the two of them, like I, I do, I do loves me some Blues Brothers, but I'm definitely of gonna course. go with. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go with uh, with Spielberg on that one. And by Blues Brothers, you mean Blues Brothers 2000, obviously. Oh, clearly. I mean that that's not that first, not that about. garbage first yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, uh speaking of uh of of movies um you know i think that uh i i think that a short drink from a certain fountain could be compared to a benjamin i Button. have i have done this to you for two and a half years now and i apologize oh my god a short speaking drink of the from thing a we're supposed fountain. to be talking about um so I, I don't know if if that uh, occurred to you as well, but uh, I, d I definitely think of uh, of Benjamin Button when I when I saw this. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I uh, and I kept bouncing back and forth from like, did they do a good job in the makeup or not? Um, right. And I landed on I think they did a fine job for the time. Yeah, fine job for the time. I I don't know if you are uh, if you remember this, but in the very early '90s, there was a uh, uh, there was like a Stephen King miniseries thing called Golden Years, which was about a no. a, a guy who was an old, and he ended up being exposed <laughs> to like some you know some weird scientific uh, experiment went awry, and he ended up like reverse aging. Um, no. 
that did slightly better than this episode, but <laughs> uh, you know, Benjamin Button obviously did uh, did better than both. I, th th this one was far less uh, ponderous and, and full of itself than Benjamin Button. <laughs> For some reason, I always get Benjamin Button and um, Meet Joe Black uh, mixed up. Um, that, that's understandable. Which you know, both Brad Pitt three-hour movies, uh, boring as hell. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah they, you know they did a fine job i i guess in the movie it, it was it was uh a little easier to to focus on him being young when he actually got young but the mm -hmm. the the actor harman uh the actor who played harman um was uh eight year only eight years older than the actor who played his wife in the movie in the this episode that's uh well i mean you know some people are more youthful than others um, and the actress that played the flora ruta lee r-u-t-a is still with us oh yeah so so the you know the the list of actors and actresses that we've run into that are actually still with us is is actually it, it's kind of short because you know obviously the twilight zone was was sure. a while ago but um there's definitely some that are still hanging in there. 87 years young. Uh, probably not still acting, though, I would I would assume. <laughs> she does have over 150 credits to her name. That's that's nice. And she's probably getting about uh, 67 cents in royalties every month from them. <laughs> her uh, her most recent credit is uh, an episode of uh, Days of Our Lives in 2012. That's actually not too too far. I mean, she, yeah. so she would have been in her late seventies at the time. That's oh yeah, ish. Yeah, that's a, that's not too bad. So um, so we've got like this this old who um has a, <laughs> has a wife who's supposed to. I mean, I would assume supposed to be way more than eight years younger than him. I, I yes, because because you're saying like the in real life the actor was only eight. There was only right. an eight year difference. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure this is a this is a Michael Douglas, Catherine Zeta Jones type situation. Oh yeah, that that that, that would make some sense. Um, <laughs> so he he's having a hard time uh, keeping up, and and you know this is before there were so many uh, over the counter remedies for such things. <laughs> uh, so he he asks his scientist brother, which by the way, uh, th this is a lot like um, you know in uh, in in uh, the the. Uh, uh, now I'm I'm drawing a blank. Yes, a yes, I was waiting for it because I can't remember it either. Uh, the one where the little girl is uh, disappears into another dimension. Uh, is that yes. little girl lost? I I I think it is. I'm gonna call it um, little girl lost. So you know that's a situation where there's like th th there just happens to be a nuclear physicist in the neighborhood, <clears throat> and uh, well, th this is this is a similar situation because. He has a, a, a brother who's a scientist and he just says, hey, why don't you create a, a youth serum that's going to make me, uh, you know, be able to keep up with my uh, with my young wife here? You know, just uh, just a youth serum. You got one of those lying around. Um, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> so originally uh, the the brother was supposed to be a just a family doctor, but mm -hmm. CBS came to Rod Serling and said, we think it's a little. We, we we think it's bad that he that the family doctor slash brother uh, 
is so easily persuaded to experiment on his brother. So let's call him like a research scientist instead of a doctor. So they didn't want to sully the good name of American medicine in 1960. I I, I feel like, um, you know, the the way that they did this was was kind of all wrong because you know like he he almost like has to threaten him into doing it. If, yeah. if instead he had said, "Hey, wait a minute, I'm having trouble keeping up with my extra youthful wife here. Why don't we make something that will uh, that will help with this?" That's a good point. It 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 seems like a a can't miss business idea because who isn't Be- going to buy that? Because the way this episode ends. It's almost like the brother slash research scientist planned on this all along because as, you know, Will, uh, as you said, um, Harmon goes to his brother to ask, you know, I'm having trouble keeping up with with uh, whatever. Um, he, he, the brother says like, don't try to sell me on flora is his exact words. And I mean, it's very clear that he hates he hates his brother's wife because he knows that she's a she's a, a gold digger, and because she knows that she's only in it for she's not in it for love. Um, mm-hmm. So the way this episode ends, I don't know. Is it like the final revenge from one person to another, and Harmon is neither? I don't know. It it could be because like he he ultimately sort of kills two birds with one stone because he he. You know, for, first of all, his uh, he doesn't have to deal with his annoying brother anymore, who's who's now a toddler. Um, and, uh, you know, Flora ends up, uh, you know, having to take care of him. So imagine being less of... annoying as a toddler. <laughs> and he um, is, you know, he's he's oh, like for, for the first act of this episode, he's he's just like. Oh well, and he—I mean, he's like fifty-four years old. He's perfectly right. capable of getting. Well, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, in the '60s, people weren't living as long, so fifty-four might as well have been, you know, ninety. It's very true. Very true. <laughs> Especially in the Twilight Zone, where they're casting ninety-four-year-olds as thirty-five-year-olds just to make you and I feel old. <laughs> and that one lady who was sixty and decrepit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I, I I think that the uh, <laughs> this might be the, the brother might be the evil the evil genius of this entire episode. Yeah, it, it's interesting because like I I I don't think that was the intent, but yeah, that, no. things kind of add up that way. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I it, it's funny because like there's so many different directions this thing could have gone like like. You know, like like I said, the the uh, the guy could have told his brother, "Hey, I've got a get rich uh, quick scheme that uh, we should we should you know we should work on this," and uh, you know, then the brother's like, "Hey, wait, a serum that makes people young? Why didn't I think of that?" There's there's a lot of ways to get there, and I don't think that they did it right because you've already named at least two of them <laughs> that are better <laughs> than the way they actually put it on the screen. Um. Uh, yeah, Lou Holtz, he really screwed it up. <sighs> Both at Notre Dame and in the Twilight Zone. It happens to be a fact. As one gets older, one does get wiser. If you don't believe it, ask Flora. Ask her any day of the ensuing weeks of her life, as she takes notes during the coming years, and realizes that the worm has turned. Youth has taken over. It's simply the way the calendar crumples. 
in the Twilight Zone. Gabatron?